Gorecast is brought to you by American Horrors, the greatest uncut horror channel in the world. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, all horror. As well as the station of decapitation without your head. America's longest running horror channel, www.withoutyourhead.com. The following program is rated TVMAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Viewer discretion advised. And Ron, what's going on? We're back. We're we're very far away. Okay, okay yeah, we'll go. Okay, fine, fine, thank you. Okay, there we go. <sighs> what is up, people? It's been a while. I see an issue with my um. Which are I'll fetch it later. It's fine. Ah, good to be back. God, many months. Look, we got a new studio and everything is great. It's good times. It's good times. Um. So, how you been? How's everyone doing? Are we all going well? Everyone's still alive? Yeah. We're still addicted to horror movies, and that's why yes. we're back on the Yes, air. we are. We are yeah. indeed. And as a result, we've got loads of news. Well, some of the horror, we, we've been gone for a while, and there's been a lot of movies. Oh, that's this. What? Oh, I don't know. That's, that's kind of like always what the bad guy in movies. And we are the very best at being bad guys, damn it. I'm a really good bad guy. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Speaking of bad guys, we might as well roll straight into the news. Yeah, 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 perfect. Good bad guy news. Um, not exactly horror, but kind of horror. It's comic book movie horror. Ha ha. Yeah. For those you of you talk, and I'm going to keep sharing this out in a couple of pages. I didn't get to share. Okay. Partake and possibly sound louder than you because I'm a bit closer to the mic. Me. Um, for those of you that enjoyed the. 2018, 2018 Venom movie, um, certainly no I did because it was bloody awesome, you'll be happy to know that yes, uh, plans for Venom 2 are very much going ahead, in fact recently announced earlier on this week is the addition of the character Shriek, who is looking to be played by Naomi Harris, who will be joining Tom Hardy as Venom himself, and... Woody Harrison, there we go, ah, as Cletus Cassidy, the super villain known as Carnage. I know, I said it five million times, it's such a good choice. What? Woody Harrison is Carnage. If you've seen Natural Born Killers... It's Carnage. It's That's what Cletus is. Straight up, okay? Just just straight up. If you haven't seen Natural Born Killers, go watch it, because you get a damn good idea of what, you know, Woody Harrison's going to be like in the new Venom movie, except, you know, he's also going to be encompassed by this vicious life ending alien symbiote and like i said joined by his kind of girlfriend ish um character shriek who basically has the ability to emit sonic waves which drive people looking creating her own little riots which are great fun which in one of the comics she uses to bust cletus out of um a prison car it's great it's hilarious it's awesome but um yeah so that film that's not what you type in there now johnny <laughs> Uh, Venom 2 is hopefully going to be coming out on the 2nd of October 2020, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if at some point we hear Woody Harrison declaring how he's going to release maximum carnage on everybody, because that would just be bloody awesome. It would be great. Um, staying with the vein of... I feel you can't not say that, man. Well, it was one of the groundbreaking and pivotal stories of the Carnage symbiote, and it was really the thing that catapulted the character to comic book fame. It was, um, I want to say, 10 or 12 issue story arc 
that saw Carnage rampaging through New York and Spider-Man having to team up with Venom. Why won't you let me share my story from here, you bastards? Because uh, Facebook doesn't like us. No, I, it's, uh, I don't know if you can share live streams like that. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I was just giving it a, a wackaroo, you know? Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, like I was saying, staying in um, kind of comic book news, uh, oh, where's it gone? There it is. Ha-ha. Jay Bartlett, who wrote uh, Miller's Earth, Great name. is set to write the script for Bartlett. Bartlett. Is set to write the... No, no, Bartlett. Ah. B-A-R-T-L-E. Bartlett. Yeah, Bartlett. Anyway, yeah. Set to write the script for Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness, which is due out on May 7th, 2021, and is basically being advertised as the Marvel Cinematic Universe's first horror movie. Uh, by that I mean the films like Iron Man, Captain America, the, yeah. the Avengers. Speaking of horror movies with superheroes in it that aren't bright burnt, when are we getting Wednesday Mutants? When's that supposed Go take it up with Disney. Oh, you Disney sons of bitches. Because they have had numerous issues, primarily the fact that they are in charge of a film that's supposed to be a horror movie centered around a pack of superpowered teenagers. Yeah. And as a result, have ordered numerous reshootings. And they're still not happy because it's not... The so teenagers are too violent. Have you met teenagers today? Have you met these ones? Have you? Yeah. I mean, like There's that. Before Disney bought Fox Studios, Fox held the properties for the X-Men, which is why we will at some point be getting the X-Men being introduced to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, most likely as a result of what happens in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, because Scarlet Witch is going to be prominent in that, and... Those of you who are into your comics out there will be aware. She has played pivotal roles in both the destruction and resurrection of the mutant race throughout the Marvel comic history. Her and her magic. Yeah, basically. I mean, she learned magic, which she augments through. In the comics, she learned magic, which she augments through her mutant abilities. And as a result, it makes her fucking godlike, to be perfectly honest. And with just a few words, she managed to get rid of all the mutants, or at least all the mutants that she didn't know or know of, and then brought them all back again with the House of M, which had everyone being a mutant. And yeah, that's pretty much, there's a whole Pandora's box of stuff that can be explored and looked into, which is why I'm really looking forward to Doctor Strange, because of the title itself, Multiverse of Madness implies we get to see him jumping through all different dimensions with Wanda, as I imagine she tends to... I imagine it's because she's trying to bring Vision back to life. There's a series called WandaVision that's going to be... Series, that's what it's called. So, wasn't there a kid's TV show years ago that was very similar? No, that was Chocolate Vision. The Chocolate Vision, T-O-T-O-T-O. Yes, this will be very different and very heart-wrenching, I'd imagine, because WandaVision itself would probably see Wanda Maximum. It's not how they were, like... They were, like, in pedophile cosplay, essentially. What the fuck? What? Chocolate Brothers. They didn't look like they were, you know, it's the most touches, I think. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sure they drew their inspiration from Mario Brothers. Anyway. Um, what the fuck was I saying before you sidetracked me so disastrously? Yeah, sorry about that. I blame you. You see, you did the to me, to you thing, and then I had a flash of, like, an episode in my head, and I was like, Jesus, they were very... You know, even okay. I never really watched them. I'd rather be watching Transformers or something else fun. Transformers. I watched Transformers too. 
Some of us were great. Anyway, um, so yeah, look forward to it. What? I can't remember what he said, to be honest. I said some of us were great on it. Transformers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Fucking best soundtrack in 1986. It's the reason I'm into metal. Okay. It is. Um, so yeah, Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness, set out or set to be out in May 7th, 2021. Whether or not we ever get a fucking new Mutants movie is another matter. Also, the same matter up for debate whether or not we get Deadpool 3. Because it's the same... It's, oh, it's the same fur-covered, big-eared, family-friendly group owns Deadpool now. Yeah. So, that's a thing. More news? More news, yes. Sorry, more news. There is. There's lots more news. Oh, okay. Okay. Is there? You were screaming at me. There's no goddamn news. We've been away for three and a half months and not our top part. There was. And then I went back more than a week. To be fair, you know, there was fluff pieces up the wazoo. I mean, lots of them. All this, all covering the same stuff, with just one or two little bit more details. And it was just... Anyway. Um, okay, so... While it was announced a long, long time ago that Bruce Campbell is officially 100% apart from a video game appearance retired from, over, the, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. retired from the Ash Campbell character, it can now be 100% said that that is not the end of the Evil Dead universe. Yeah, Raimi's looking to do it. Uh, not necessarily Raimi. He, he has been enough to um, pass on the reins to somebody else. The reins? Yes, the reins of the Eve. Reins. Reins? I'll start doing jokes about the big dog if you don't stop. Kelly Ryan, any thoughts on Rob Zombie's new movie, Three from Hell? I'll yes. tell you something. I'll tell you something. Funnily enough, we have an advert coming up later on because we're on American Horrors uh, again tonight as well. Uh, we're actually reviewing Rob Zombie's Three from Hell from our sheds that we were captured in Yeah, for a while. That was weird. The trailer will explain everything later on. Most of it. Yeah. Excuse to Thanks, Kelly. Um, okay, so like I was saying, Bruce Campbell may have retired from the Evil Dead franchise, officially 100% apart from that computer game he's going to be doing, but it seems the movie be In fact, uh, where is it? Uh, it's okay to pass. I'm okay with that. I liked the reboot. Well, see, we're... we're That's the question, because there was the hand at the end of the thing. From the yeah, and said. see, the thing is, we're not entirely sure if it'll be reboots, sequels, or what, because... Um, so we think we have a... Co- uh, no, that's not the right word that I'm looking for. Here it is. Here we go. Bruce Campbell. There we go. One idiot tried. He did pretty good. Sent let another innocent people with no skills try to save the world. And there's more stories to tell. So that's Bruce Campbell talking about the future of the Evil Dead franchise. Um, Sam Raimi is actually passing on the torch in so far as directing, as far as directing to someone else. Uh, do I get a clue? Deadpool three was already confirmed as a race. Deadpool 3 hasn't even been confirmed as actually happening because they're still not 100% certain. Or at mm. least that was the last thing that I saw. Mm, I think it is. At this stage, I wouldn't be surprised, to be perfectly honest, because it was so popular. But with the big changeover, with the fact that Fox now owns the rights, or sorry, Disney now owns the rights to all these characters. No, they said Disney says there will be another Deadpool movie and it will be R rated. All right, fine, fair enough. Anyway, what the fuck was I talking about? That's right, Eve led. We got new directors who are going to be doing new films. That was a quick synopsis. It was, yeah, because I couldn't find the lines that I was looking for because I thought maybe stuff had been said, but it wasn't, or maybe I just couldn't find it in time. Anyway, um, ah, here we go. This, I think you like this one. Okay. okay. 
So there's a film coming out by uh, Robert Eagers, who did uh, last, uh, The Witch and this year's Lighthouse, which looks to be really creepy. And, and we have Is that the one with Robert Patterson? And Will and Black and White? Yeah. Yes. Yes, Robert's Patterson. Yeah. New Batman's in it. You mean Sparkly Face? Yeah, Sparkly, Sparkly, Sparkly Face, nice hair. Anyway, um, actually, it was more, it was more Sparkly Face, messy hair, no tan. Anyway, so this new film is going to be called The Northman. Why didn't they tan? I never got that. It's like you're, they're allowed in the sun. Why didn't they explode? They they're in the goddamn sun. Jesus Christ, there's an echo. That really, that hits hard in this room. Ouchies. Should convey my vehemence accurately then. Anyway, you just killed Katie McNeil, let's say. I'm sure she'd be fine. It's not the first time she's heard me screaming incoherently on this. Uh, that's the lighthouse. Yes. Anyway, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the new film is called The Northman, A Viking Revenge Tale. Okay. And it's got it, Vikings in it, so I mean. It's got more than that. So far, um, the cast in talks for the film includes Nicole, Kill Nicole Kidman, Alexander, and Bill Skarsgård. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy and William Defoe once again. I'm doing a Viking movie, get the Swedish lads in. <laughs> uh, the pick is described as a Viking revenge tale set in Iceland in the turn of the 10th century. Um, Eagers is penning the script with Icelandic poet and novelist Sjorn. Oh, sorry, R.I.P. headphone users. Sorry. <coughs> R.I.P. me, I wasn't even using the headphones. If it's any consolation, Katie. People say I don't have a loud voice. It's a small room. Is the thing you see. So I used to be heard over nightclubs when I needed to be. I believe it. I believe it. Anyway, last bit of interesting tidbits now because you didn't want to or you didn't want to risk going with the other bits that I had lined up in case we got shut down again. What were the other bits? Traders. Hang on time. What's the hang on time thing? Oh her. She was uh, I, I'm imagining you were on time for the show or we were on time for a change. I don't know, one or the other. Um, thank you. Well, as long as talking, I don't know. If, wow, I don't know if it's still going around. We're going no, to we're, assume, going. we're going to test the VR. Yeah, we're going. No, it was my computer froze up. It's okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so Nicholas Winding Riffin. Nicholas Winding Riffin. R F R E F N. That is a difficult name. And John Hames. R E F N. Riffin. Yeah, there's another way to do it, really. Yeah, and I, I yeah. Himself and John Hymas. Aha. John Hymas. Why is it with the different names? Um, anyway, they're going to be directing a brand new and hopefully very interesting and high octane series called Maniac Cop. <laughs> which is described as uh, his version of a cocaine fueled, neon soaked, bubblegum wrapped, mayhem infused, speed driven universe of thrill-seekers who are consumed by the ever-present struggle of good versus evil. But, of course, evil is winning. Ha! Um, the series sets to basically show a world in which there is, for those of you that are unfamiliar with Maniac Cop, he's basically this big old messed-up vigilante who goes around killing anyone for breaking even the most minuscule of laws. Over the course of the series, we will see both the criminal element and law enforcement kind of um, degenerating into somewhat of a bit of panic as paranoia looms and even the streets themselves become subject to riots and other such civil disturbances as people kind of panic at the fact that there is a cop going around fucking killing everybody indiscriminately. What is going on? So um, 
I'm okay. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm okay with this. Did I mention it's an HBO series? I'm definitely okay with this. <laughs> Just for me. My only issue is with a lot of the HBO series, and I know it sounds like a weird issue as a red blooded male, but it's just kind of like sometimes I'm just like, you're just firing tits in there for the sake of having tits now. Funnily enough, that's not the first thing that popped in my head when I was thinking of HBO since. You know, oh, no, I was uh, graphic as hell as well. Like, uh, yeah, um, violence. Yeah, it's got to keep the violence to tit ratio good in the relation to a horror series, I'm okay. Well, I mean, like any time. Okay, anytime I think of HBO, I think of the series that pretty much launched HBO, which is Oz. And for, to be perfectly honest, there was tits. tits in it. Well, there was loads of tits in that, but they were of the drug quantity. Yes. Tits. Tits. But, um, there was also a lot of dumb, and that's not in the drug quantity. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. There was an awful lot of blood, too. Yeah, there was a lot of blood. Like, there was a lot of blood and dumb. Yeah, sometimes as well. I remember one couple. I remember what the Italians did to one of the black boys one time. LBC. No, it wasn't LBC. Not a lot of people do stuff to LBC. I think it was before the... It was, shanks. It was before the rise of LBC. Look at the shanks. You get your head chopped off. Shanks. LBC was a monster. He was a pig. He was awesome. Yeah, LBC was great. He was great. Okay, um, so, uh, yeah, expect that series to be delivering trailers and other such goodies in the not-too-distant future. It was my name after him, actually. After LBC? Yeah, LBC Shanks. Oh, my God. They're very good. Uh, You'd like them. They're metal. No singing. Not that I'm making it sound like you don't like No, 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 no. no. I get it. I, what he means is that I often enjoy instrumental music. Because sometimes it's great when you're reading some sci-fi violence to just have your own soundtrack. It's awesome. It works so well. Indubitably. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's pretty much it for the, the, the films, really. Um, the only things that I kind of saw that were also of interest is um, Kristen Stewart is going to be in a film called under sea, I want to say. Under the sea. Versus underneath. Underwater. There we go. Um, which sees. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a trailer for this. Uh, it's going to be out on January 10th. Um, sees a bunch of scientific researchers basically um, go underwater, doing a bit of mining, and unfortunately they wake something up, something large and filled with teeth, and probably going to try and eat them all. Oh, no. So there's that. And there is also, oh no, get back here. Uh, we Summon Darkness. Yes. Which sees a couple, which is set in 1988, so it's all cool and retro, and sees friends Alex and Beverly on their way to a big old heavy metal festival, where on the way they run into a couple it's of It's really annoying that you and I were like little kids in 88. What do you mean? We had all the good cartoons. Oh yeah, I know, but it's just like we're retro. It's just kind of, I feel old now. Don't. We were the last generation to have good cartoons. That's not necessarily true. Everything slid. I admit... Animate Thundercats. I was going to say, I admit, there have been some gems over the years, but unfortunately you did not choose a very good one because Animate Thundercats is a remake of an awesome cartoon. It's yeah, what it should have been. And unfortunately got cancelled after one season because God's damn cartoon never shame. It was, it was so supposed good. to be two seasons anyway. Was yes, that was really, I really enjoyed that. So, um, anyway, getting back to We Summon Darkness, these yeah. chicks are heading to a heavy metal festival, and Sounds good. they meet up with three dudes, and decide to have a good time, bring them back to the excluded cabin afterwards, and then things kind of turn around, because it turns out there's killers on the loose again. There's killers on the loose. I feel this is going to be one of these whodunity kind of things. I'm pretty sure we know damn well who done it. Who? 
Well, I'm betting that it's the girls and they're actually homicidal maniacs because that would just be awesome. So, yeah. Um, movies? Yes. Onto the movies. We thought um, we do have a phenomenal stack of new movies to get through, but we thought just as it was the first episode back, we'd come in light and breezy. And we keep just, it sleazy. Derek McKenna, hello. Uh, we said we'd just come in and keep, yeah, light and breezy, keep it sleazy, and uh, just do some fun picks for Halloween. Other, there is one new one that I have to say before we get into the other two movies. Oh, all movies on tonight's show are fantastic, but the new one is something special. I'm so, so glad that I was it's talking... It's like Shaun of the Dead level entertaining. I'm so glad I was talking to this film amongst people and then saw it and went, thank the gods, it's just yeah. as good as I thought it would be. Yeah. Different to what I thought it would be, I admit, but just as good. But I will, I'll put that stamp on it, zombie voice, it's, it's Shaun of the Dead level entertaining. It is, it yes. is. Anyway, first... Uh, didn't rip us a whole new one over the Oscar. How does that work? I don't know. <laughs> Where do I? Mike, always interesting to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's done it? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, if that's, that's the right one, isn't it? Probably, I don't know. It's the only one I know. <laughs> yes, okay. I know neighbors as well because you're just saying the word neighbors repeatedly, isn't it? Oh, no, wait. I don't know. No, neighbours, something, something, everybody needs good neighbours. Are we starting off with age first, Jess? We're going chronologically. Just okay, because. so in that case, haha, um, light and breezy, keep it sleazy, just the right film, because it's Sarah Jessica Parker looking hot. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> well, it's true. Oh no, she does. I'm just, like, I, I have more to add on to that sentence, but I shan't, because I'm nice. For those of you that aren't aware, haha, we're reviewing Hocus Pocus, which everyone had to head up about because if anyone ever wanted to see two hairy metalers review Hocus Pocus, now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time. Everyone got really excited about this film last year because they thought there was going to be a sequel coming out. I feared that sequel so bad. Here's the thing: there was in I, book form. Oh, it was in book form. Okay. There was a book brought out called Hocus Pocus and the Sequel Story, which is set contemporary times and revolves around. The eventual kid of the two kids. The kid of the two kids. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and is the same witches? Probably the same, so yes. Because it like, better be. Apparently, she grows up listening to tales of that Halloween night. And her bed looks alive, isn't she? Yeah. You never know these days, people are just dropping. Hello, Steve. How are you? Oh, Steve. How are you, man? Apparently, she dressed as Winnie as part of one of her tours um, and did the musical number from the film for I get it. I put her spell on you. Her harlots dressed as uh, Sarah and Mary. <laughs> That's what they were called. Her harlots. Beth Midler, class act. It's Beth Midler and the Midlerettes. No, the harlots. Are they actually called the harlots? I'm not kidding. Look, where is it? Down, uh, down. Like, just to clarify, he has a tablet on his lap because I know sometimes that it looks like I'm just staring aimlessly at his crotch. Um, <coughs> her harlots. Yeah. I love it. I'm telling you, I love it. Okay, so for those of you that are unaware, because oh God, you weren't born when the film was out. Who? I don't know, but I just realised it's a distinct probability. Some of the people here that weren't born when the film was out. Yeah. Taking a quick sconce, I'd say most people were born when the film was out. The only one I'd... Uh, 
Katie, Katie would be about the only one uh, odd question, and Kelly Ryan, because I'm not exactly... No, Kelly would remember Hocus Pocus. Yeah, yeah, Eugene remembers. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. Saying, it's a movie about witches, Katie. <laughs> the Sanderson Sisters is played by Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najima. I love her. She's so good. Najimi? Charlotte? Najimi. N-A-J-N-A-J-N-A-J-N-A-J-N-A-J-N-A-J-N-A-J-N-A-J-N-A-J-N-A-J-N-A-J-N-A-J-N-A-J-N-A-J-N-A-J-N-A-J-N-A-
Well, then you're definitely Winifred. You're not as in like you're Bette Midler, as in you're Bette Midler in the movie. Having to suffer through the incompetence of others on a daily basis? Yes, and me annoying you. Where's my hot star? Anyway, um, I'm not going to say what's running through my head right now. I'm going to get back to the film. Please don't. I'll save it for the smoke break. Anyway, um, so yeah, like I said, Max in a feat of sheer, utter, complete and total idiocy not only goes to the Sanderson house because he's trying to impress this chick, but he decides that he's going to light the candle that was prophesied to bring back the sisters of the black, the black, black flame, black flame candle. Should a virgin light it. And it's, there's this really cool part where he lights it and kind of goes, ha, just a bunch of hocus pocus lights and looks and kind of goes, oh shit, that flame is black. Yeah, because it's off orange. And then, but it's instantaneous, like... Oh crap! This was a terrible idea. Yeah, which I thought was brilliant. That and one, that one fucking scene is just awesome. Really like, crap! Oh, way of having the virgin bomb dropped in front of the guard who's trying to impress as well. They're like fourteen or fifteen in America, and uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Before it's a Disney movie. movie. Yeah, it's not like they're getting down to it. It's not like it's medieval times either. Yeah, that's true. When you know that was actually the age of Johnny Hoover, deadly. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so. Black candle gets lit, the Sanderson sisters are loose, and it is a terrible time for Despite the fact that the big black cat tries to stop them repeatedly, and then when it goes off, it turns out he can talk, and it's like, idiot, let's move. So, yeah. Um, what follows is, it's all, it's happened to all of us. I'm not sure what she's... So, the black flame candle or the virgin bomb, I'd imagine it. It's one, either one. Okay. Or a bunch of witches. Maybe it's she lit a candle. And a bunch of witches are yeah. yeah, that's that actually happened to me. Anyway, um so yeah, what happens next is basically your typical kind of what's the typical kind of Disney fun film, I guess is the best way of putting it. Um through personally though, I think the entire thing is just Bette Midler, uh Kitty Najimi, ha, and Sarah Jessica Parker. Clearly had so much goddamn fun on this film, and it shows. That made was yeah, actually it's freaking amazing. She actually went on record as saying that it was the most fun she had ever had in the film up until that point. But it's the characters are so entertainingly over the top that you can really just go to town on it. And it's just it's it, it is Mary and Sarah's airheaded stupidity. <laughs> it's just so so fucking brilliant. And there's some other really good stuff as well. Doug Jones, um, who is famous for basically being in costume um, in lots of different things, yeah. most notably as um, Abe Sapien in the Hellboy films. And uh, something of water. Was Doug Jones in that? Yeah, he's the, the thing in it. Okay, he was also a Silver Surfer. Ah, I did not know that. Mm. Anyway, he plays um, William Butcher, funnily enough, another Billy Butcher. Ha! And uh, another great performance for what is mainly a silent role because William's mouth was signed to movies mouth stitched up. Yeah, because Winifred did it to him so she wouldn't basically tell him about fucking stuff. But um just make sure he didn't tell anyone he her secrets or what a yeah. bitch she was, but he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't hesitate to do it as soon as he gets tense. <laughs> With the moths and everything is brilliant. <laughs> um Hocus Pocus does stand out when it comes to Disney films because for one thing, we can actually watch it. It has decent comedy. It's customarily 
Disney makes me want to. We can't say that anymore because they're all the world. And like a lot of the films that you like, all of the Avengers stuff, they own them now. No, they owned them from the start. That's why they happened. Parts of the Caribbean. You know, it wouldn't have happened if not for that Disney ride in the first place. Yeah, of course. For the source one, anyway. I enjoy them all. They are a little bit wavy around number three or four. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Choppy seas ahead. Yeah. Uh, um, Anyway, like I said, Hocus Pocus is just, it is a fun film. And it does still manage to have certain dark aspects. I do, I do feel that they, they could have been a lot darker at times. <coughs> oh yeah, and Disney probably, yeah, it was probably intended to be. I mean, let's not forget. But whole, I, I don't know. Do you want this movie going down that route? Because it's like it's the type of movie you can just watch with everybody. It is, but let us not forget. The whole point is that these girls have got one night in which to eat the god's damn souls of children in order to remain immortal. Lovely, adorable. Not in that way. Stop it. Oh yeah, fine, fine. Um, for those that haven't seen it, cool down spray. Fucking fireballs. Hocus Pocus is one of those interesting films that manages to stand up to the test of time and is still to this day selling strongly. Yeah, and DVD and he got a Blu-ray release last year. I know people who've worn out copies. Yeah, I'd imagine. He got Blu-ray release last year with like new documentaries, deleted scenes, and a whole bunch of new stuff. Um, <laughs> they must be dredging the trenches looking for stuff if they're adding new special features. Or they found a lot of bunch of stuff. I mean, you know, there's an interview with the lunch guy. Well, I mean, Ben Miller, she always a uh, glass of orange juice, I remember, slamming on rye. That was it, basically. Two times a day. Nothing else. A hip flash for the black, yeah. No, I, th- I was never back in a trailer. I just know. Good for America. Two litre of orange juice and salami on rye. That's all she ever got. Twice a day. Okay. You weren't expecting. Okay. Um, I don't know what it was like Bill Burr having a stroke. <laughs> the impression. Ah. We might still get a sequel to this. Uh, in 2017, Mike Garris admitted that he was working on a screenwriter. Please don't ruin it. But then again, it was also confirmed that it wouldn't be a sequel. It might instead be a remake. Oh, so there's that. But, um, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, no. Unless someone said R-rated, then I'd be like, I want to see where this goes. <laughs> now who needs the goddamn water spray? Because you get to see them actually suck the souls out of kids. In the you said R-rated, not X-rated. Spray. Yes, that's exactly what it says. Sure. Now whose head's always in the gutter? That one... Like, this is a surprise to anybody. No one. <laughs> we do a trailer. Trailer. Yeah, I, I think that's what's done in Hocus Pocus. It's yeah. one of those movies where we're doing the review merely because it's a good suggestion for something to watch at Halloween. I'm actually surprised if no one's ever seen it. Yeah. Outside um, of little, little children who aren't aware of its existence yet, and whoever owns those children, what are you doing? And why don't they know this movie? Because they haven't gotten to the age where they can remember films yet. Like, two or three. I said little children. They're babies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good point. Four or five, you should be able to start remembering stuff. I'd imagine before that, to be honest, man. No, I mean in detail. Oh. It's not much to remember in detail until you get over the age of five, really. I mean, it's just, they were trucks, Tom came over, that was fun. 
Something happy ending, something, something, moral story, something, something. No kids. Insert happy you song now. No kids, you were eight when you saw that film and it didn't really have a moral ending apart from don't go into the woods and mess with a predator. Predator? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Trader? Trader. Yay! Back in 1693, the people of Salem, Massachusetts, witches, yes? thought they got rid of the Sanderson sisters for good. Uh, we shall be back. <laughs> 300 years later, it's Halloween Eve, and they're back. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we are home. Are you boys a little old to be trick or treating? <laughs> Talking about three aging hags versus the 20th century. How bad can it be? Now they're digging up old friends. <laughs> and running amok. <laughs> looking for the one thing they miss most. Do stay for supper. I'm not hungry. Ooh, but we are. <laughs> Only one boy has the power to stop them. Prepare to die again. You have no pause here, you fool. Before all Salem falls under their spell. Walt Disney Pictures presents Bette Midler. Uh, hello. Sarah Jessica Parker. Without dance with me. And Kathy Najimi. Hocus Pocus. Into the night! They love to fly. And it shows. Good night. Sleep tight. No screaming. Studio. <laughs> and we're back. How are you guys? Okay. Okay. So, a little bit confusing there. Yeah. It looked like it was frozen, but then it won't stay up too late because. Switch frozen. You keep talking there for a minute and let me just have a look at the stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shall I roll on to the next one? Yeah, get into the next one. Okay, so next up on our list is 2007's Trick or Treat, which is this kind of comic book style anthology. The reason I say it's comic book is because that's how it's presented, as if this was a comic book that you were reading with um, panels that come up sometimes to intersperse truth stories. Now, the central thing about Trick or Treat is that it's supposed to revolve around four stories, which all kind of take place on the same night and have this... <laughs> Basically, they have Sam, who's this little masked hooded dude walking through it's all the scenes. Like pumpkin boy. He kind of connects them all together. Um, but yeah, basically, it's just. It's, I actually, well, that's Sam's one of the reasons I love this movie so much. It was a very unique way of um, doing an anthology series where there's a running character that kind of goes through everything. Yeah. Um, the four stories primarily revolve around a bunch of kids who are okay. This is kind of, I hate non-linear storytelling. I'm going to say that straight out. Okay. Trick or treat kind of bugs me a little bit because everything is mishmashed and you don't get a feel for any of the stories because it just goes on to the next thing. Really? Yeah. 
I'd rather a creep show or something with a definitive narrative hook. Tales from the Dark Side. Have you watched any of the new creep show? Of the new one? No, I'm thinking of the old movie. Okay. But like, I, I, I prefer that because it means that you can actually enjoy a start, middle and an ending of these shorter stories. And Trick or Treat doesn't do that. And as a result, while it, it tends to blend all of these stories in together because they're all supposed to have happened at the same night, mm -hmm. it means that you're jumping around too much and you're never really... I, I find that I can't really become invested in any of the characters. You can't really get a feel for any of the stories. Okay. Now, admittedly, part of the reason this is done is because there are other intersecting parts, other characters that pop up in these intermingling narratives. And I suppose to reveal them in a more traditional way would mean that you kind of see the trick to the film too easily. You know, one or two of the characters, you, if, if you follow their, their storyline properly, then it'd be like, oh, I know what's going to happen here. So yeah. I can understand why it was done to a degree, but even still, it does make it kind of take a watch for me because you start off with a scene which then gets explained at the end of the movie. And that's fine. That's not exactly the first time I've seen something like that. But then you're never quite sure what the chronology is for the film because stuff all seems to be happening at the same time. And then you're sliding... I don't, I don't think it's... The, the stuff... It's not so much stuff's happening at the same time. I think it's all little flashes of other characters in other stories, I think, or just to show that it's all happening on the same night. In the around, same place. In the same... Yeah, yeah. In the same... At the same time. Give or take. Well, I mean, that's what the ending is about, to show all these characters after their stories and they all intersect at the same time. Mm. The, the main stories that you have are the principal, who has an unhealthy obsession when it comes to um, feeding kids candy and the traditions of Halloween. Uh, that's one way of putting it. Um, you have a bunch of girls that are basically visiting the town for a night out, dressed up as different Disney princesses, with Anna Paquin playing Little Red Riding Hood. Mm-hmm. And you have um, Rhonda, who is dressed as this little girl dressed as the worst witch, Matilda. Oh, crap, I can't remember her second name. Mm. Anyway, but um, she is going around with these other kids who are collecting pumpkins, and as it turns out, ends up telling this interesting horror story about a busload of problem kids who ended up going over a ravine. Um, that links into the story of what would happen with Rhonda. And like I said, it's just. You get snippets of these stories, and then they move to another story. Like it goes from Anna Paquin's character to Rhonda and the kids, yeah, and then it'll segue back over to something else. And it's always just as things are starting to get, you're starting to get into the story. So you're kind of going, ah, okay, ah, okay, maybe, ah. and as a result, for, for me at least, it just yeah. a lot of it just felt like I couldn't really, I could enjoy what I was seeing. I can enjoy the fact that it has fantastic special effects. I can enjoy the fact that it does actually have some really good acting and the characters, the people playing these parts do a good job. Mm. But it's just trying to enjoy the story or stories. I don't know. I it's, That aspect of it never really bugged me. I always enjoyed this movie quite a lot. Mm. I actually liked that little idea that it's kind of like, oh, it's all been accumulating to happen at the same Maybe it's just maybe it's just the way it was cut together, but it was the first thing that kind of hit me. I knew I was going to be watching an anthology movie, mm. and I suppose it probably has got to do with preconceptions. I expected the headmaster bit, which is kind of the the opening segment. Once yeah. we get past that initial prologue bit, 
I was expecting that to be the narrative hook. I was expecting it to be perhaps him telling his son these, these horror stories and these potentially, you know, um, warning tales of what not to do on Halloween. Yeah. But instead, it just cuts from what he's doing to the girls, and then that cuts to, uh, you know, it, it, it cuts back and forth. There's all these jokes around. Following the group of kids as they're collecting their pumpkins, watching the girls as they try and fix up out of Paquin. Then there's the mysterious guy that's attacking women in the midst of the, the Halloween festival. And that was a cool bit, the, the vampire attacks and just like the body down. So like I said, there's a lot of stuff that I like about this film. But the way that the narrative is put together is just, on some scale, once or twice I appreciate it, it works. So I like the idea of having to guess where a story is going. Yeah. But at the same time, it's difficult to do that, and it's difficult to really get into any story. It is jumping away to another completely different story that's admittedly supposed to be happening at the same time, but it's just there's no connection bar Sam, who happens to be walking around and seen in the background in every setting. Mm-hmm. And he himself doesn't really come to the fore until you get the story about Mr. McCree. Now, once again, it is a nice touch to have all these things linking together. Yeah. All these stories do link in together. They all happen at the same time. And there is an interconnectivity. But I don't know, maybe it's just me personally trying to watch it. And it's just... But no, I thought it was shot beautifully. I thought some of the quirky stuff in it was really cool. I thought the characters in it were really good. And considering most of the movies were segmented out into different bits, I thought you were able to get a good feel for the characters throughout the segments. I didn't think that the timing of everything was so fucked up. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's, maybe it's just, like I said, because I'm used to anthologies being, I hate to use the word traditional, but it's true. Because I really, I really like the Anna when the, like the reveal at the end of that, yeah. because I was like, well, I thought they were witches anyway. I won't lie to you. I thought that's where that was going. But no, because that was not what I was expecting. Total, yeah, um, because of the attacker aspect of it, I thought it was going to be a role reversal, mm-hmm. literally. You know, there's a lot of really fun things with this film, but that's kind of what it feels like. It feels like a lot of fun bits right. super glued together with no actual core to hold them properly. And just this, this little string of silly putty going the whole way through them as represented by Sam. Only really comes to the fore in his own story, like I said, which is the one that kind of kind of brings a couple of the different story threads together at the end. Mm. It's just I don't know. It's, it does, from from my point of view, it does look like something that's just all these really cool bits just stuck onto each other, as opposed to a solid. Here is your middle main arc, your reason why you have all these different short stories being brought up in the first place. Whether it's somebody telling the story, whether it's somebody reading from a book, or whether it's, you know, I mean, whether it's just like somebody flipping through a TV and, well, this is what's on the channel now, and just going to it that way. Some form of continuity, you know? And while there is continuity in this movie, it's just, I don't know, maybe it's just me, I just don't like the way that it's worked through. I do. Well, I'm, I'm sure other people disagree yeah. as well. Do you know what I mean? I just, I, like, I've seen the bog standard layout 
for so many anthology movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, and we started seeing it in some of the cross of anthology movies we've seen. While the segments are good, it's literally just movie one, and then you know it's like next title. I like when there's a way of connectedly linking everything together, and I thought making it all happen on the same night and the little nods and stuff happening around where you're kind of like, oh, okay, so this is where Sam's at and what he's doing here, and this is where your man's at. I don't, okay, know. Okay. I don't know. It's, I suppose maybe if we had gotten each story played out while at the same time seeing stuff in the background, hmm. like having the kids passing the, the girls on their night out or you know, the, the the bit where the headmaster is walking back inside and you see what Sam is up to yeah. in the house next door. But there's also the reverse angle of that with your man at the end where he comes or, out and the headmaster's there burying the body. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Burying the body there? Uh, like I said, I've got no problem with that well, stuff happening. I just went on some road, putting, putting some roses. i got no problem with that stuff happening. In fact, I actually like that stuff happening. But it's the fact that we didn't get any of the stories really presented to us as a package. You know, it, it, they all get to a certain point and then you skip away to a completely different story. Yeah, well, I, I think if, if, there's two ways of doing an anthology, which is you either connect the stories together or you just make it an anthology where there's kind of like one overlapping story yeah. that ties things together. Whereas there wasn't like an overlapping story that tied everything together. It was everything in this was interwoven, mm. if you get me. Like if you look at... Um, not Rick, uh, PHS. If you look at that, it's like, you know, the overlapping, the main story is there's a person there watching these videotapes and on the videotapes there's all these fucked up movies and then the fucked up movies actually have repercussions mm. out in their end of the real world. But it's, that's linear storytelling, as you said, because like this is the main story. Yeah. Same in the video. That's what happens there. Go back in the main story. And I just, it's that way. Or you can go off the wall crazy with this kind of thing. I haven't seen it done like this well, up until points of mm-hmm. seeing this, I, I will say, like, kind of the now that more people have tried it out, it seems like a slightly dated formula lay, layout compared to when I saw it initially a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was what 20, 2007. Yeah, it's good. 13, good 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, Anthology movies weren't even that big of a second deal back then. What? What? Anthology movies weren't even that big of a deal. As much as they, like, I feel like you can't go one year now without getting at least a couple of anthology movies thrown across the broadcast table. Has it always been the case? Really? Yeah. Seventies and the eighties had loads of anthology movies because they were a handy way of getting. Several movies into it. Well, no, I'm not talking back. Like, uh, name them. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt. Oh, yeah. Did you see? I, that was a creepy show. Tales from the Crypt was a T series, though. True enough, but it certainly was. I know, did, like, I know that's an anthology series as well, because it's, but it, that's episodical. Tales from the Dark Crypt. Creepy show. Creepy show. That's good. Um,. There's others that I just can't remember. Well, actually, no shit. Was that really good one? The um, John Carpenter did where he works in a mortuary. Dead bodies. Yes, that was good. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean that's only like a handful of. That's just what we're remembering yeah. right now. I, I I can't remember the names of them, but I can think of like 
seven in the last two years. Because we've reviewed them to yeah, impression that's, that's what I'm saying. I feel there it wasn't as they weren't as prevalent as they are now. I think the well, it's just it's, for scenes like the whole indie filmmaking scene is kind of blown up so much that anthology movies are a really cheap way to get getting a feature. True enough. You know, yeah. not that I'm saying don't do it because I mean, like Wreck was great. Was it? Jeez. Well, no, sorry. Wreck, Wreck was, was great. great. So was VHS. Yes. yes, some of them. I feel out of the two of them, they could have deleted one movie, lost a couple of the shorts, and just had one brief fucking solid yeah. one. Well, that's kind of within all the anthology series. Yeah. It's all good. We're going to get a trailer for Trick or Treat because we got drifted away there a little bit. He doesn't particularly like it. I really super like it. I like stuff about it. I enjoy watching it, but I wouldn't rate it as big. But there are films that I'd sit down happily and rewatch and rewatch and rewatch. For me, mm. Trick or Treat is not one of them. I'm happy enough to watch it. That's grand. There's lots of really cool stuff in it. There's stuff that I enjoy. We'll be sitting down watching year after year. Yeah. Okay. The main reason it was on the show, though, is it's Halloween as fuck. So that's it. Anyway, here's the trailer for Trick or Treat. Non-relevant because it's about twelve years old. So what happens. Just give you a heads up. Uh, the first two wrecks were fine. Um, yeah, all of the wrecks are fine. They're great. Actually, oh, no, the third one was a bit. Uh, the one on the boat. 
Oh, no, sorry. No, sorry. Third one is the wedding. Yeah. Fourth no, sorry. The first two wrecks are the ones that go directly back-to-back. Yeah. Well, they all kind of go directly back-to-back. But the first two are back-to-back. The third one happened at the same time as the first one. Yeah, but it's at the wedding. Here, here's my thing. with the, We actually did a review of all three of them. Um, many. Of, oh, did we do all four? Uh, many. Jesus. Way back. But... Um, I thought the fourth one was the weakest. I liked the third one because it was just off the wall crazy. At the wedding? The wedding. The, the wedding was more actions on be spectacular. The wedding was the first one that they transitioned from first person to traditional third person. Yeah. Well, a bit of first person. Yeah. But it's on, yeah. I mostly liked it because I thought that the bride with the chainsaw was just goddamn oh. just brilliant visuals in it. It was a beautifully shot movie. And the fourth one I thought was good. It was just, it was very slow compared to everything else. The one in the boat. Oh, and it just got crazy the way they were trying to tie everything in together. And then it got all religious and shit. And I was all like, I hate fucking it's always religious. Yeah, I know, but it was very in your fucking. It always was. Anyway, um, on to the next film. Uh, next movie That's is Fresh Out. Sorry, I forgot the thing. Yes. Um, Fresh Out and from Hulu. And I want to see... Oh, crap, I had the thing. It's our show, you can say the John. Yeah, but I want to say stuff that's accurate and true, as opposed to just whatever the fuck I want. Mm. So there's that. I'd appreciate that. Yep. I want to say something in Australia, but that's probably wrong. I don't think so. Who do have distribution? I know that much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, just trying to remember from... Um, Who do we do for the minute? Yeah. <laughs> that's easy, sorry. Uh, the next movie we're doing is Little Monsters, which is the one we were raving about at the start of the show, which is just... So much fun! It's so, so much fun. Wasn't what I was expecting at all. Um, we filmed the trailer for Little Monsters a while back, and I think we actually... Men played it on a show. Yeah, we did. We did a trailer reaction. Yeah. And what we thought we were going to be watching was going to be basically this nice play school teacher looking after a bunch of kids as they go to a petting zoo, which just happens to be caught in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Which is kind of what we got. Yes. But not tonally. No. Because actually, when it turns out, what we actually got was this really good, feel good rom com comedy thing. It was great. Um, Okay, Lupita Nyong'o plays Miss Audrey Caroline. She's who is, from Us and she also, a million other... Yeah, characters. she voices Maz Kanata in Star Wars. Pirate, retired pirate queen. Need glasses? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, okay. So she's um, this, as you said, this play school teacher. Is Star Wars the one with machetes, but they glow in the dark? When the Mandalorian comes out, you'll be fucking changing your tune pretty fucking fast, boy. Mm. Trust me. Remember, you call me boy. I'm like one year younger than you. <laughs> anyway, um, she's a space school teacher. But the thing is, the story is doesn't start off with her. Instead, it starts off by following Dave. Dave is this bungling no hoping loser who is scarily familiar um <laughs> there are actors i was watching the film at times i was like oh god but um dave has basically failed at life is the best way of putting it um he has failed as a musician he has failed as a boyfriend 
and he is very much failing as his uncle as his sister has been good enough to let him move in with her since his missus kicked him out. And his reaction is to, well, to be fair, I played zombie killing games with my, my cousins as well when they were that age, but it was their idea. My cousin was great at Call of Duty with the moment the zombies. Um, but anyway, um, Dave, in an effort to try and not be a complete total and utter fuck-up, decides to at least attempt to, like, do stuff with the, with his nephew, uh, Felix. Yeah, but it's not the right stuff, but he does stuff. Well, after he bungles it completely badly and catches his ex-missus in the middle of doing the nasty. Yeah, that was that was a very, very funny scene, I have to say that off the bat. It was brilliant. But um, he does decide to try and at least make an effort. So he brings Felix to school, at which point he becomes enamoured with Miss Clementine. Yeah, well, he, Caroline, there we go. He literally sees her in like sunlight behind her head. She's dancing, bringing all the kids. Imagine Mary Poppins meets um, Snow White meets your one from... The Sound of Music? Yeah, that one. Uh, I don't remember her name. Neither can I. Neither can I. Because if, if a little child could have flown through the sky and landed on her finger, it probably it, would have. It probably would have, 100%. If, if there was like fairies or... Um, or those other things that are like fairies, but they're not fairies. Pixies? Pixies, that's the one. Thank you very much. Those kind of, if they're vicious. If they happen to, went to go to the school as well, to be landing on their fingers and be like, oh, I'm so happy you're here. Just that kind of thing, anyway. So, actually, you know, Felix falls head over heels. Mad for it. Yep. Mad for it. Yep. And he then decides to volunteer to chaperone this little trip to the petting zoo. Hashtag idiot. Well, well meaning idiot. No, no, he had all tears. He was trying to get laid. Yeah, 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 pretty much. He hates kids. He doesn't hate kids. He does hate kids. He hates people. No, he hates. Yeah, no, that's fair. No, he hates people. But he also hates children. Birds, the small kids, who loves. See, this is the thing. This, this is what makes the film so bloody awesome. Character God's damned development. And that isn't true. Yeah, in I actually, I was literally... I was watching it in bed. My girlfriend woke up and she was like, is the movie any good? And I was like, I literally watched the character grow from one guy to another guy through the progression of a movie without any bullshit, as in like just straight up several stages of circumstances made him have to do these character defining moments, which turned him into a different guy by the end of the flick. And I was like, I haven't seen a movie that's done that so effectively in so long. And that's what makes this fucking amazing. Yes. Yeah. Neither one of us saw that coming. Seriously, we thought we were going to be sitting down and watching a no-brainer comedy horror in the vein of Black Sheep. Instead, I love that movie. <laughs> it's stupid as fuck, but I love that movie. I really thought that's what I was going to be seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead, I got this completely other type of brilliance, where you have Miss Caroline doing the most amazing job as being that venerated role of babysitter. Yeah. Not just to the kids, either. Because she ends up having to look after some very large t children as well. When she has a word with Teddy in the corner about language in front of the kids. Oh, that's so funny. She's got like the statue shoved into his ribcage. I have always said that if you're ever going to threaten somebody, one should always be polite. She was not only polite, she was God's damn sweet and terrifying. And it was awesome to watch. It was very awesome. It was. Um... This film is just chock full of violence, comedy, 
political satire at times, because let us not forget that at the end of the day, we all know who's responsible for the zombies. <laughs> um, America. Genuine goddamn feelings, which, ugh. And some amazing character development, so that at the end of the film, you're actually going, God damn, that was brilliant. That was friggin' brilliant. Thank you, Hedy. Where she poked me around. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff that Miss Caroline does during this movie in order to make sure. Therapy after this. I'm going to say sidekick. Yeah. It goes through the ranks of no hopper into sidekick and after a while, figure of his own merit. Yes, sir. And, I, love, I, I love this so much. Yeah. And like, it's just some of the stuff that happens in it. You have this. this, this some, some, of the, some of the scenes, because there's kids in it, your brain's automatically tuned you in for like, eh, it's going to be a zombie movie or whatever. This is as gory a zombie movie as you're going to see. Actually, a lot of vomiting. Teddy. Teddy. A lot of vomiting. That man! Do you want to know what I noticed about that? He was drinking. White spirits. He grabs the bottle. He went, he went full Father Jack. But here's the thing. He grabs the bottle, takes us up, spits out. I actually went, oh no, you wouldn't dare. He spits out. Like, yeah, that's what I thought. And then, like a scene later, he's still holding the bottle and the tree. I was going, mad. Fuck. It's good times. Oh, man. So stuff like that is what will keep us watching a film like this, which is, like, I just... Once again, I cannot state how, in a good way, surprising it was to see such a character-driven story in the midst of this really good mm -hmm. comedy horror. It's surreal. Too. They were. Uh, the zombie effects were amazing. It was shot beautifully. Contrary to what one kid says, it says how fake the zombies look. Uh, I thought that was great. Diesel looked stupid. The zombies look fake. Diesel Latorca played Felix. Torca. Uh, it was really good. Some of the nods to like blaming America for all the zombie apocalypses in every movie ever was hilarious. Um, the soldiers' reactions to everything being so blasé to the zombies at this stage. Is it the zombies again? Yeah, fast ones or slow ones? Slow ones. Oh, thank God, it's the slow ones. Players be playing some poor retired. That's a ukulele, sir. <laughs> Negatory, sir. That is a ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Got zombies coming up behind the tractor doing if you're happy. If you know it, clap your hands. Um, it's good times all around. Uh, we're going so to hit a trailer and then we're going to go take a bite and give you our trailer for tonight's show in American Horror. So we might oh, yeah. have for it. Yeah. First of all, the trailer for uh, Little Monsters. <laughs> Fast ones or slow ones, sir? Slow.
My God, they're slow. Next stop, Pleasant Valley. time on our trip. I want you all in the line in front of me and away we go. Why are we stopping? There must be something in the way. What is it, Miss Caroline? After we're finished here, 8.30 p.m. CST, whatever that equates to is GMT's, where, <laughs> where we're going to be doing the review of Rob Zombie's 3 from Hell. Um, and here's a little trailer, which also slightly explains uh, where we've been. Yeah. Why the hell did I have a pillowcase over my head and you don't? Apparently whoever tied us up to it was more effective to tie my hair around my face. It's quite embarrassing actually. Oh god! What's going on? What's going on? Damn these luscious Viking locks! Hello boys. Oh dear sweet Jeebus. I don't like the sounds of this. This is sounding very Pulp Fiction. No, no, no guys. It's not like that. I'm a really big fan. A really big fan. Uh, okay, and what do you want? It's like this, guys. I want an episode dedicated just to me. You want an... <laughs> you want an episode dedicated to you? We... Why didn't you just email us on Instagram? 
What? We take requests, like, regularly. What? The underscore Gorecast Instagram mail us with requests. Will do. I want you two to do a review of Rob Zombie's Three From Hell. No. <laughs> Three From Hell? That's not even out until October. I don't know if yeah. on about. Yeah, it's October. What? What? How long are we out? I don't know, two or three months. The atrophine doses, they're not easy to work out. Why two or three months? <laughs> Amateur. I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised no one came looking for us, to be blatantly honest. I'm not. Uh, yeah. But it's not that easy. We can't just do an episode. We have to do a yeah, promo or everything. It won't go on the TV. So just cut one. Uh, it's not that simple. We have to like get lights and set the mood and smoke machine and all yeah. of that. <laughs> Delightful. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Evidently, join myself this Sunday on American Horrors, 830 PM CST, and whatever the place to his GMTs where we're going to be back and talking about Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. Yeah! <coughs> God damn it. Mm-hmm.